Welcome to the Tesla Life, a show by the Tesla community for the Tesla community. I can't hear Mark. Uh-oh, Mark. <laughs> we, we started this with me silent, so I ended up changing web browsers, and then Mark went away for a little while. I was able to hear him, and, and now we can't hear Mark. Oh, no. Yeah, Hello, exactly. and welcome to the Tesla life. <laughs> <laughs> While Mark works out his technical difficulties, I will introduce Casey Green. How are you doing, Casey? Doing pretty well. I put a couple miles on the uh, FSD beta 10.11.2. And uh, got my taxes done, so oh yeah. Now, now the week should be back to normal. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I got mine done too. I paid enough to buy a Tesla. No. <laughs> oh wow. Nice. <laughs> First world problems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, are you back yet, Mark? Doesn't Testing one, two, three. Oh, there he is. Oh, there we go. Got there it. We go. Yeah, so uh, that's an interesting start to the show. We've got uh, all sorts of fun <laughs> stuff for you this week. But what we thought we'd lead out was with uh, late breaking news. Of course, uh, the quarter uh, has just happened for Q1 2022. And uh, Patrick's got some uh, a synopsis he can tell us about uh, after listening to the earnings call. That's right. Elon was on the call. What? I thought he was only going to be on there if there was something big. And... Uh... Yeah, he, he said that in, I think it was Q2 last year, and then he was on in Q4, and now he's on again for Q1. So uh, that's that was a surprise. But uh, um, it, it's always more interesting if he's there, so I'm, I'm not sure why he ever said he was going to leave. But uh, was, this was a record quarter again for Tesla, record uh, vehicle delivery, uh, uh, their highest gross margin. Um, they mentioned that chip supply is still a problem and that it has hit their solar and energy storage businesses. Uh, they also mentioned that their debt, they've reduced it further and now it's nearly zero, which is really great to hear. They're, uh, they have a free cash flow and uh, they are on track to grow uh, at 50%. Their gross margin was 19, 19%, but expected to be lower in Q2 as Austin and Brandenburg ramp. Um, even with the COVID impacts on Shanghai, they expect to produce more than 1.5 million vehicles this year. So that's looking good for our uh, prices right game because I don't think yep. anybody was under that number. Yep. Um, it, here was an interesting thing that they dropped. They are now working on their high occupancy vehicle robo taxi. The target production is 2024. They expect this will be the lowest cost per mile of any Tesla's vehicles. Uh, they say a robo-taxi trip should be cheaper than a subsidized bus ticket or a subsidized subway ticket. Uh, and then, of course, uh, there were some questions about that, to which the answer was, well, you can expect to hear more about this in a reveal event next year. So they, uh, they weren't answering any other questions about it. Cybertruck is on track for 2023. Um, Musk lamented that Optimus is poorly understood by most analysts and uh, people following the company. He expects it to be bigger than the car business. Uh, this one, one interesting question, if, if Tesla's making record profits, why do prices keep going up? 
I like that and one. The, yeah, their answer was they have wait lists that are going out into next year. So what they're doing is they're anticipating what they expect the prices to be next year. And there's certainly a lot of uncertainty. Inflation's at 40, 50 year highs. Um, what they, they have some contracts that are going to expire and have to be renegotiated in that time. Uh, they don't know if they're still going to be expediting parts during that time. So this is sort of their best guess. And um, they're production limited, not demand limited. So this also... It, 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 they can lower the prices and people will be fine. You can't go the other way and they have to be viable. They have to stay financially viable. So this is what they think the responsible thing to do is. So on the RoboTaxi, do we think that's mm -hmm. going to be model next or is, is that after model next or is that on pause? Yeah. So I think model next the is on pause. Um, I think this has taken the place of that. I don't think they're going to do a smaller passenger vehicle anytime soon, um, especially after the comments that Musk has made in the past about um, if you have a vehicle that can operate 24-7 uh, with FSD, you don't need to make a cheaper vehicle because the, it gets amortized over over that those extra hours. Unfortunately, so, uh, though, okay. that, uh, that kind of leads us down the road of... Uh... You know, prices are going to be higher across the board. Um, mm. there's, it's it's going to be less and less affordable for a person to actually purchase a Tesla uh, because yes. prices just seem to be on the upward trend. And if we don't introduce a vehicle that's uh, cheaper, that's not going to be an option. I Although agree. I believe that that trying to introduce a 25k uh, priced vehicle probably was unobtainable at this time with with the inflationary pressures that are happening across the industry. Right. And they still yes. they still are slightly battery constrained, even though they say they're not. Oh yeah. Or, or they, 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 they de-emphasize it. They don't say they're not. They're, 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 they, are, they, they are ramping and gotta get to a like they said this year, it's gonna be yeah. nothing but ramp this year. So yeah, this correct. Year. next year if they don't have it, it's a bad deal yeah. for them. Yeah. yeah, since we've, um, I'll jump around. They uh, talked about, four, no, that's fine. 4680 was uh, one of the questions. And uh, they said they are not at uh, full volume production yet. They expect to get there in Q3. And they think they know how to solve, or the, the, the solutions are all within sight to get there. But if they can't get to <clears throat> full 4680 production by Q1 of next year, it's going to delay new product introductions. To which I thought of that means uh, all the things expected next year: Cybertruck, Semi, and the Roadster. I'll so, use uh, <laughs> yes, all three of those need forty six eighties, and so those have to get to volume production uh, this year. Otherwise, it's going to delay them even further, and nobody will be happy about that. That has any nope. of those things uh, ordered. Yeah, and you're right, the Mark. Roadster and, and, uh, and Semi—they've they, been waiting patiently. Yes, what, yes. Five years now. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, okay, a couple more questions. Um, why fight the dealership laws state by state? Why not get a federal law in place that allows Tesla to sell direct uh, throughout the country? And uh, I thought that was, we, we talked about that on the show, uh, that they might have to do that at some point. But uh, they said there's no apparent appetite in uh, DC for a federal law that would address this. And so that leaves them with nothing but the state by state fight. And so they will continue to take it to every state that they have to, to be able to sell direct. 
And maybe the question was prompted by what just recently happened in Oklahoma, where when we reported on mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago about this new uh, bill that was going through, it got defeated. It didn't go mm -hmm. through. But the right. Senate commit the Senate of Oklahoma reintroduced it as another new bill, and now it's on the docket against. So people in Oklahoma, you're going to have to beat it a second time, this time through the Senate. So uh, be aware of that. Uh, it's disappointing, but that's the, that's the bed we're in, and we have to live with it at this point. So get out there and fight that second one uh, because it's the exact same uh, submission just through a different body. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, okay, the next question was 800-volt uh, architecture. Uh, why isn't Tesla doing an 800 volt architecture? And uh, they said that it, it would be a, a big cost to change their designs and it would have little to no benefit. Um, at best, it would save $100 per vehicle. And uh, with all the tooling and machining and other costs that would go with it, that would uh, um, not be a positive ROI for Tesla. Although they did say for bigger vehicles like the semi and the Cybertruck, this makes sense. And I did not expect them to say uh, Cybertruck at the end yeah. of that. So that was very interesting that the Cybertruck could be an 800-volt architecture. Well, it would make sense because, you know, it, it it needs to be able to tow and it needs to be able to recharge quickly. And mm -hmm. my whole theory about the Cybertruck being able to use the megachargers would play into that. Yes, yes, <laughs> because, yeah, now uh, if, it's, uh, if it just pulls up to a supercharger, it's... Uh, and they're not 800 volt. That's very interesting. Uh, so is it going to have to have some mode where it can charge on, on either a, a mega charger or a supercharger? It would probably we shall have that, see because we yeah. have that now with the uh, with the, the home chargers. You got your level one, your level two. It actually right. has to adjust the voltage. Right. So would it have a DC, DC converter when it goes to a supercharger that would take that input? Uh, 400 volts and jack it up to 800 volts and interesting do that yeah do the the one of the, the split the pack in two that the other guys are doing right but yeah that's, that's adding a part though <laughs> right yeah so that that uh, i'm i'm very interested to see how this is going to play out for that um all right we've only got two more questions that we're, i'm going to cover because uh this was an hour-long call we're not going to take the whole hour to discuss this uh, the next one was, what does it mean for Tesla to become massive scale? Which is one of the things Musk has hinted at for the next master plan. And uh, so uh, the answer was that you have to start thinking in massive tonnage and looking at limiting factors. And currently, if, if we want to move the world beyond fossil fuels, that's going to take energy storage. What? Which means, yes, if we want to move to a future free from fossil fuels, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, it's going to take cells. And uh, what's limiting cells right now? Mining and refining are major limiting factors. The costs have spiked recently. And uh, one thing I thought was interesting is um, Musk said that if you look at spot lithium prices right now today, it's um, 10 times the cost of, of mining it. Are, are, uh, it's, it's only mining is only 10% of that cost. So you could have 90% gross margins, which is like software gross margins. So he was like, please, if you like money, please get into lithium mining today. <laughs> he had a little ad in there for uh, lithium miners, which I thought was pretty You want to own a mint. <laughs> this is how you go to mint. <laughs> yeah. So um, 
they said expect some exciting announcements in the coming few months on Tesla in the in the mining realm, and uh, they're also looking at recycling all of their internal scrap. So making sure that everything that they can uh, goes into product. So if if they have a process that is generating scrap, can you just put that right back in? And their goal is to have 100% of whatever comes in as raw materials to go out as a product and not go out as landfill, which I thought was a like great goal to have. It makes sense. I like, I like the clip about the wheels. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, aluminum cast wheels. They found that those work great for their aluminum castings. And so they're, they're going to be using aluminum cast wheels, even from gas cars. If they can get them, they can use them. So <laughs> every, every junkyard in Austin is out of wheels. <laughs> right. Yes. So they're <laughs> just going to pull up with a Meryl dumper, Fosbeck. put all these castings <laughs> in, and they'll just be tossing them into the, uh, into the injection molding system. <laughs> Yes, pretty cool, pretty cool. Uh, all right, so last one on my list here is how fast will Berlin and Austin ramp up? And um, I was wondering that too because uh, Shanghai is tar- hard to beat. And uh, the answer was that this should be their fastest ramp yet. They have experts who have done this in multiple locations before. They've learned a lot. They've made the mistakes. They're not going to make those same mistakes now in Austin and uh, Berlin. And not only that, they've made the vehicles much more simple than they were back when Shanghai was ramping up. For example, the structural pack and pre-mounting the seats and then just sliding that up into the body instead of having robot arms come awkwardly through the doors and and may or may not get aligned properly. A lot of little things like that are... Robot arms uh, and a human. (laughs) Yes, yes. So so that should all be a whole lot better now. And uh, so they expect Berlin and Austin to be their fastest ramp yet. I th- they made an analogy of how every Tesla generation is better than the last. They find things, they improve things. And if you're waiting for the best Tesla ever, well, uh, you'll be waiting forever. So don't wait. Go Maybe buy the best. the best factory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, and the same is true with, you know, computers even or, or whatever. Um, things are constantly improving. So um, you buy what meets your needs and uh, what's available now and what you can afford. And so with the factories, it's the same thing. They're constantly making improvements in the factory. They learned from the last factory and they've, they've done iterations. And now the, their newest factories are, all, are going to be their best factories ever. Yeah, they've got tons of experience. They've got eight times at the Fremont factory. And then they've mm-hmm. got um, actually more than made. So you've got uh, S and X three times, the Model 3 however many times, plus the additional four lines. And then mm-hmm. you've got Shanghai. Then they did Berlin. And then... Berlin took so damn long. <laughs> they had a chance to do it for Austin. <laughs> right. Yeah. They were also talking about how the new S and X lines at Fremont are, are working out great and how those are uh, um, high quality, high margin vehicles that they're now able to produce there. Yeah. And then David brings up a great point at the uh, end of the call. They were talking about insurance. If you want to touch on that. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I Sure. Um, let me. I've got some notes right here on that. Um, so they just added three states and Oregon is one of them. Um, Texas is currently their biggest existing market for the, um, they, they have Tesla insurance in California, but it's not the one that looks at your actual driving data and is able to give you real time pricing. They called it. That's Texas where they do that. And currently they're the number. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Well, 
<laughs> Texas is their biggest market for that. Let me say it that way. And um, uh, currently, Tesla is number two for uh, their for Tesla vehicles insurance, and they want to move to be number one. Um, they want eighty percent of Tesla owners throughout the country to have Tesla insurance as an option. So that means adding more states. Uh, they, they mentioned that in these new states that they're rolling out in, Tesla is not just the insurer, they are also the underwriter. So they are vertically integrating. Um, they also talked about how this real-time feedback makes people drive better, safer. And um, obviously the FSD or the uh, the beta score, the insurance beta score is, is beta, but if they get the right metrics and they actually know what was happening before crashes or collisions or uh, off-road events or whatever, and they can uh, feed that back and say, oh, you're doing something that looks dangerous here and give people that feedback because they want lower insurance rates. And so if you can give them real-time feedback, that makes the road safer. That makes their them likely less likely to have an accident. It's, it's better for everybody. And uh, uh, the other thing, the other feedback loop they had in there is that if Tesla's insuring it, they're going to want to get it back out on the road as fast as possible. And so every crash now becomes a chance for them to learn how to make a vehicle that is more repairable or, or less likely to cause damage to, to uh, sections that, uh, that didn't need to be damaged instead of just what was hit. And uh, so they, they now are going to have this feedback loop. So I thought it was both cool. There's, there's feedback within feedback here. Yeah, absolutely. So and it's... Absolutely. Uh, like you said, that that ability to get better at uh, not only uh, letting people know about uh, the problems that they're having or the problems that are anticipated, but also being able to understand how to get that vehicle back on the road. So different crumple mm -hmm. zones, perhaps, or the ability mm -hmm. to bolt on or bolt off parts that are mm -hmm. often dinged. Uh, mm -hmm. Those are all going to be uh, areas that where they can uh, expand uh, internally and, and make the product better for all. And then you don't have to yeah. worry about fighting the insurance company versus the uh, what the uh, body shop says you need, uh, because Tesla told the body shop to tell them what to need in any way. Yeah. Um, yeah can you imagine a future where uh, you you have a crash, the car automatically detects it, reports it to Tesla, calls roadside service, they show up, and then not not just you know get you uh, to the service center, but actually repair it with roadside service, and then you drive off like you nothing happened. That, that would be so cool. <laughs> right. Uh, and then Kenny has a point right here. Uh, bundling home and auto insurance always gives the best deal. How will Tesla compete with this? So for auto, mm -hmm. you can add non-Teslas to your account. Uh, however, for the rest of the bundle, uh, I, I, I did mine here for Virginia now that they are here with the, uh, uh, with the inputs rather than uh, the California style. Uh, they said that if my, if my driving score was a 90, which we know that since I'm in the beta, it wasn't as low as 90. Um, mm -hmm. for mine, I, I tweeted this, so I'm going back on my notes here. Uh, so that'd be enough to get me to think longer about switching. Goodness. Mine was 936 saved per period, uh, with, uh, with less coverage and I'd lose the bundle discount. So I uh, opted not to do it because I would have less coverage and, and I'd, and I'd lose the bundle as well. Uh, I was replying to somebody who, uh, got a premium of $97 a month, which was impressively low. <laughs> Uh, there was another yeah. one I saw of $76 a month. So this person saved $2,255.38 per period. Wow. And so she switched. <laughs> and <I don't> think... <laughs> right. That'll that'll take care of any little 10% bundle discounts. Uh, exactly. Thousands. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then that also points out. Uh, so Tesla is, is has got the the telematics, and my insurance company said, "Hey, well, you can save up to thirty percent more." But then I'm thinking back to when I had the Volt, and I and, and when I wasn't launching, you know, the Volt is still an electric car, so it does go faster than a, than a, than the ICE. But um, they didn't seem to understand that I don't need to shift gears and all that. And so they they said I was accelerating everywhere, even even on the days where I was stuck in traffic, and I knew I didn't cross the speed limit. Um, they're like, "Oh, you're yeah, accelerating too hard." It's like. Uh, Tesla has that one. They don't count you against acceleration, and two, they have the uh, mm-hmm. with the FSD package. They have uh, context to everything, so they get you for following too close. Right. But they don't get you for you know doing twenty over the speed limit. I mean, not that you should be doing twenty over the speed limit, but I'm I would be much more comfortable with Tesla grading me than than some box in my phone or some dongle plugged into the OBD2, OBD2 port that doesn't know what's going on. Right, that has absolutely no context other than G-force. The accelerator <laughs> position. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, they're not even going to get the data because Tesla, Tesla on the consumer-facing ports, uh, all you get is power. Hmm. Yep. So uh, we'll have to see as uh, this, of course, is uh, more and more states are getting involved, and uh, we'll have to see what the uptake is, and we'll definitely be keeping our eye on the story as it progresses. Thank you, Patrick, for that uh, short. Uh, no, it was tough to condense an hour call into 15 minutes. Especially when Elon gets uh, on. always stuff, always stuff you're wondering if you left out, but uh, that's a great job. Wanted to talk a little bit about Elon and Twitter. Ooh. So we, we know that Elon uh, uh, started to buy shares uh, quietly. Uh, then he disclosed that he had an X amount. He was offered a Twitter board uh, position, which he refused uh, after a couple days. And uh, then he put an offer in publicly, $43 billion, I believe it was, uh, to uh, buy the whole company. One-time offer, he said. Uh, he's not going to play price point. He's just making an offer, take it or leave it. And uh, Twitter, of course, adopted what they call poison pill, uh, which uh, basically dilutes shares uh, if Elon buys over a certain percentage. So uh, a hostile takeover is less likely because of this uh, poison pill, as they call it has been adopted by the Twitter board. So that whole uh, poison pill thing seems like um, they get to offer board members shares at a discount. Wait, 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 at a discount? No, this, this, there's yeah. a public price. That's what the market sets. And and if, it just seems wrong that they can offer some people a better price than others. That just and seems not ridiculous. Others. Yeah. Even worse yeah. is exclusionary. So, so everybody gets that price except the person who triggered the percentage point. <laughs> wow so yeah even if you were on the board that wouldn't uh, qualify yeah, yeah. Uh, so i have to disclose i sold my twitter based on this news um mm-hmm. because with musk's uh, interest in it it had bumped up and i was like fine i'm out i i i uh i made money on it and uh so that's that's it now i'm, I'm now i can talk about the drama and not worry about what what it's gonna do to to my personal wealth <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah. Uh, it's 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 quite a conundrum. Like uh, like uh, being able to uh, offer forty three billion for the purchase of Twitter, it's getting up there. Like that's that's yeah. a lot of money uh, to to do something like that just to have a free speech platform. I'm thinking for less than half of that, uh, you could develop your own. Um, I you're not going to have the members out of the gate. I understand that. And that's probably where the value is coming in is that Twitter has been around for a long time and has, mm-hmm. uh, you know, basically the number three in social media uh, volume of people that are on it. But uh, I don't know. I, I just I, I think this might be a, 
something that maybe Elon should drop and move on. Like, I think it's going to take too much of his time, uh, which we know he's got zero of anyways. Yeah, so exactly. picking up another cause and running with it, don't think it's a it's a great idea uh, for him uh, because uh, he's he's already divided up heavily and probably overtaxed when it comes to uh, thoughts in his head or or plans or things he wants to do. I I, I just don't see a win for him in this uh, regardless. He did yeah, a, I, he did a Go interview. Ahead, <laughs> Sorry, we're stepping on each other. <laughs> um, I, I'll, I'll be quick, and then you can have it, Casey. Uh, I said pretty much the same thing you just said uh, last week, Mark, except I ended it with, but it's his money and he can do whatever he wants with it. Yeah. <laughs> but but I agree. I don't think it helps the mission. I don't think it's I, – I don't uh, – every moment that he's spending time doing this is not time that he can spend doing things that are important for SpaceX, the boring company, and Tesla. And, and, and he's even talked about how a, a good half hour of of work for Tesla – can can mean a hundred million dollars, yeah. and uh, so I know he's put more than than a half hour into this Twitter thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so um, what was that? I want David. Yeah, David brings up a good point about the other directors. It's like they they own almost no stock other than other than Jack, and Jack's on his way out the door anyway. Um, he did an interview with uh, with Mr. Anderson at the TED Talk, and mm -hmm. and 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 I liked that he brought this question up to Elon. It's like how free is free because you're you're on this whole you know mm -hmm. no limits kick but really where do you draw the line because you're the same guy who doesn't want a kid tracking your jet all over the world so where do, where do you draw the line and i really hope that elon was listening and, and putting it to heart because the absolute free speech as he describes it uh is not what we're going to get and uh hopefully it, it, if he does get it it doesn't become dangerous because we saw what happened in 2013 with Gamergate. You know, a lot of female and, and other people who just said stuff other than what the, the crowd wanted, uh, they they were in danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. another story that's developing, and we will continue to follow it along uh, and yeah. report back on I see it. no upside. If, if, yeah. if, if <laughs> he doesn't uh, prevent people from saying things, it's going to become a cesspool. And if he does, he's not. He's blocking free speech. There's no right. win. So why? Who? You should not. Has he watched war games? Right. <laughs> the only smart move is not to play. <laughs> yeah. The, the only the only thing I could see coming out of it uh, is if he didn't bother changing the mix about what's going on with the moderation, which is hard. Uh, but if he just added and, and, and added features and, and continued to improve the product, uh, but faster. But I don't I don't know that that he'll be able to do that without touching. The there's a show. great meme that was published recently where there's a. Uh, a woman with two children. Uh, she's got uh, yeah. <laughs> a, girl, a girl on the edge of the pool about to jump in that says Twitter. And then there's a boy that's already in the pool and he's drowning over to the left. The, the waves are coming over him. And there it says, you know, Cybertruck, SpaceX. Uh, Cars. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all the things that uh, his, his attention is being diverted uh, to. So <laughs> that was that was a great, uh, a great uh, analogy there. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> Another thing I wanted to touch on, uh, recently uh, Tesla, of course, applied uh, to, to, to Texas, uh, their new favorite state, remember? Yeah. Uh, they, were, they applied for the ability to uh, supplement a charger, a supercharger build uh, that would be available to all 
vehicles. Uh, so all EVs would be able to charge from this. And they put in a bid uh, that turned out to be basically uh, 20, 20%, a, a total of, I guess, 80% lower than the competing bids. And they yes. didn't win. Right. The other bid won. Yeah. So so Tesla, in effect, was saying that their chargers, each individual chargers, were worth about $43,000. And the competing bids had $150,000 to $200,000 chargers. Yep. Tesla, Tesla was, was told that they did not win the bid and that the other chargers would be placed uh, instead of theirs, even though they were triple, if not quadruple, the price. $150,000 uh, versus thirty charged. Exactly. So it's uh, and 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 guess where all these chargers are being installed in Texas? At not at a convenient stations. location. A gas station. Exactly. Oh man. So uh, this is uh, this, of course, is uh, politics at its best. Yeah. Uh, as uh, the, the politicians uh, push the narrative they want uh, with the uh, state uh, state money. So your money is going yeah. to these things, and. Uh, Again, that's uh, just just wasteful in many ways. Uh, you know, I, I can I can understand possibly putting in a gas station because you've got some amenities that are at a gas station, which would be useful for the EV driver, washrooms, yeah. uh, ability to buy something to eat or drink. I get that. Uh, not all gas stations. Look at look at Wawa. Look at uh, Sheets. Yeah. Look at uh, these other uh, locations Buc-ies. that are out there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Bucky's exactly. So uh, Russell's favorite place, Bucky's. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it is. It is interesting that uh, that this uh, this uh, I guess loss of a bid. Uh, you think that they would at least allow Tesla to put in a few, see how it works? Like, right. why cut them out completely? Mm-hmm. Uh, why not compare uh, the bids against each other? Allow everyone to compete, and then based on how successful they are then you allow them uh, to have more. So right. uh, it just makes sense because this is a new territory. This is something new. We should allow people to compete, show what they can actually do because it's not just the installation of these chargers or yes. the on-time installation. It's the maintenance yeah. of these chargers. Mm-hmm. So if them. you put them in and the manufacturer walks away from it, somebody else has to look at and maintain it and make sure they're up and running and troubleshoot them. That can be a real issue, as we've seen right. with other systems, uh, yeah, especially but, uh, with all these hundred and fifty thousand dollar per charger quotes. They 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 literally could have said, "Hey, we need two hundred chargers. All right, each of you do ten, and then we'll try them out for a month, and then then the top two continue on." Try them out right. for a year, yeah, responsibly. Yeah. Yeah. They went mm-hmm. for maximum bids when Tesla was willing to subsidize thirteen thousand dollars per charger out of their own pocket. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I bet you that thirteen thousand is probably just because you know they they would also benefit from it, you know, because now it's another supercharger site versus these other guys. Hmm. I wonder if that was part of it. Like they say, okay, if it's Tesla, then that's effectively advertising for their car brand. But these other chargers are not car brands. But everyone still has the manufacturer's name on it. So what? The manufacturer also makes cars. <laughs> Right, but the other manufacturers don't, right? I, I, Ionic or no, what's the um, 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 which is actually the name of a car, but not a... yeah. Nothing stopping them from removing the Tesla from it and maybe putting T plus or something on it, and then right. it's not Tesla, 
but they right. look exactly the same. They're on Tesla's architecture for where the locations are put in. Who cares? Like, it's, right? I agree. We if all know what some, it is. Right. Yeah. If if they had some, you know, no branding requirement and Tesla violated that, that that then they could fix it. Right. Yeah. Or pay a fine. Yeah. Or whatever, but I mean, like, like you'll you'll still see the the um, the the tritium charger. Then you'll see the name of the network, and then you'll see the wrap for whoever installed it. So I mean, mm. it's already triple branded. So now you, all the branding is just one. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, another story to uh, touch upon: Model Y uh, is, as yeah. we've said in the past in other stories, it's starting to run away with uh, the uh, most. Uh, value Tesla. And uh, another story out of New York City about a uh, cab company called Gravity uh, has put another fleet of Model Ys on the road in the Big Apple. And uh, they've chosen the Model Y because of its space, uh, its uh, ease in getting in and out. Uh, and uh, again, this is not a surprise. Uh, we're seeing Model Y starting to run away with it. Tesla claimed when the Model Y first came out that it would outsell all other vehicles combined. Uh, and uh, it's starting to come true. It, uh, they've opened, overtaken the Model 3 in many areas. And uh, now we can see that uh, fleet owners are, of course, uh, warming up to it because it's larger. It's easier to get in and out of uh, for different uh, size passengers and different age passengers. And it just makes sense. So uh, mm -hmm. just another uh, note that the Model Y's dominance continues. This is for hire in 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 uh, New York, whereas the uh, the Revel cabs we saw were were, uh, were were like Uber and Black cabs. You had to prearrange them or use an app. Uh, this one you can hail them from the street. Hey, taxi! Yep. And the Mall Y stops, just like that. Exactly. Um, Casey, going to get you to comment on uh, Shanghai. Yeah, starting so, up again. Giga Shanghai is opening uh, uh, yesterday, uh, or not yesterday, day before, Monday. And uh, they did something very similar to uh, last time, where you had these day-long day shifts where, where you, you, were, you went to the factory and you stayed there for, at that time, it was four days. Now it's anywhere from 10 to 20 days. So you get a, I thought it was going to be like cots or, or sleeping bags on the floor. You get a mattress, you get your four square. You go to work, you make your money versus, you know, sitting locked in your apartment, no food, no money. And, you know, now at the very least, if you have family at home, you can then send your paycheck home and they can eat too. So I think, I think it was a pretty uh, interesting way to solve the problem. And, and uh, they're starting with um, assembling stuff that they've got on hand and then like drive units and, and battery packs. And then uh, assuming that their suppliers are able to do the same thing again, like they did with Tesla last time that, then we'll start to see whole cars rolling out of there as well. Yeah, so about 8,000 workers are going to be in this uh, pattern for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, it's looking until uh, early May. So they've got about two weeks of this type of operation. Uh, they, of course, are battling COVID-19, a, a new spread that's happening in Shanghai. Yeah. And that's the reason that this is going on and the shutdown before this. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, if Shanghai can get a handle on it. Uh, from the nightly news, it, it looks like Shanghai has not got a handle on this. It seems Correct. to be uh, getting a little bit worse. Um, they, so they... Uh, we'll have to see that if uh, this helps Tesla, if they isolate their workers to just the factory, uh, if they will be able to, uh, to weather this storm a little bit better uh, than others. 
they they did just make some concessions in Shanghai. So uh, in your block, you can you can get out and in your compound and and, and exercise. Uh, and one person from the household can go and run uh, errands, can go pick up the food and whatever. And if you have a business reason to 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 be out and about, then then, then those people can get a pass. But it's very discouraged that they actually leave Shanghai. So uh, not very many people are out and about. So this is actually a really really clever solution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we will see how that progresses as well. Yeah, Musk's Next. comment it was uh, Shanghai's roaring back with a vengeance. <laughs> uh, next, uh, California. This is an interesting. Uh, the, of course, California has always been the leader in uh, EV technology and adoption uh, across North America, and uh, they've put out this um, target uh, for them to reach: thirty-five percent uh, will be uh, EV sales of new cars. Uh, by, get this, uh, 2026. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we are basically less than four years away uh, from this number. And we're nowhere near 35% in California at this point. Oh. So this is uh, this is an ambitious goal. Uh, I'm glad they said it. I'm glad they put it out there. Uh, because uh, if you if you have goals and you never publicize them, uh, it's much harder to uh, move up the chart towards things. Uh, so even though it's it's ambitious, even though they may not reach it, uh, it, it is good to have those type of high numbers out there. Uh, we would certainly like to see them meet that uh, criteria. But uh, yeah, I, I thought that was, uh, that was a, a great way uh, to uh, push California internally and uh, and show them they're they're continuing to take the leadership in uh, in uh, EV sales. I wasn't able to tell if this was just California or if it was all the California emission states like uh, Virginia, Delaware, uh, Maryland, or not Maryland, um, Massachusetts, all them. It was strictly California. Okay. Right. Yeah, that would but, make it easier. But there, <laughs> but there are a bunch of carb states that, when California does something like this, they adopt. They will follow similar... along. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. been true for emissions, which is different from the sales target. goals. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but, but California is such a huge market. Um, if, if, if California were uh, its its own country, I think it, it, it'd be something like fifth for our vehicle sales. I mean, it's, it's uh, not insignificant. So uh, uh, it, this is really awesome to see. And that number, the, the reason that it's especially important is it, it jumps the shark. Uh, so the, the chasm, you have to get to something like 18 to 20% market penetration before you have enough volume to, to uh, move into the mainstream. And so a, a goal of, of 35% is well above that 18, 20% mark. And that's awesome to see. And, and yeah. like you said, Mark, it's not a 2040 goal. It's 2026. Right. <laughs> yes. And, exactly. and that, like, if they do it, that catches them up and surpasses Norway with California. Because as you mentioned, Mark, mm-hmm. they're, they're a nation-sized state. <laughs> yeah. Got to beat Norway. They're bigger than Canada as a whole. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> um, another interesting story. Um, uh, we we've all seen this. Um, of course, uh, EVs uh, coming out with many other manufacturers, and of course, claims about these new EVs: how long they go, how quickly they charge, how much they cost, 
all these things. Um, and it, this is great. This is competition. We need and want competition because we don't want to sit on our laurels. We want innovation. We want things to get better. We want it to go faster. We, we all understand that. But there was this story that uh, was quoted here. And of course, all our stories we talk about, there's a link in the notes if you would like to go read those stories yourself after the show. But uh, what we wanted to touch on here is that even with all the innovation that is happening and all the vehicles and announcements that are going on, Tesla's really not sweating the new vehicles that are coming out. And why that is, is because some uh, push at, you know, we have so many kilowatts in our pack, which allows us so many miles. <laughs> but it, as we've said in the past, as others have said too, uh, you can always increase the range of a vehicle by just packing in more batteries. Yep. You uh, add to the weight of the vehicle. Uh, it uh, you know, will chew up tires more because the weight is doubled or tripled than what it really needs to be, just so it can hit an arbitrary goal that people want in mileage. Right. Uh, or we've seen these tricks where a new vehicle has been released. And guess what? The tires that are on this new vehicle are skinny bike tires because skinnier tires with less rubber touching the road equals more efficiency for that vehicle. Yeah. Or they have uh, produced a, uh, an extra long tail on the vehicle to get a more of a teardrop shake, to give it a, a slippier coefficient uh, than what is uh, manageable with a regular vehicle. So there's a whole bunch of things that people are running on, different metrics, different manufacturers saying, oh, we've got the number one uh, in mileage or uh, ours uh, ours uh, goes zero to 60 the fastest or uh, we have X or Y. But they're only working typically on one or two items. They're not working on the whole package. They're, they, you know, they're, they're out there pushing that we beat Tesla in this range or we've... Uh, bested Tesla and this other way of doing things. And uh, the the media maybe picks up on that one point. It's like they, don't look at the, they don't look at the other factors. Oh my gosh, the vehicle weighs 10,000 pounds. Right. Uh, or, you know, uh, or those skinny tires, guess what? Nobody makes them. And the, the price of those tires are $1,200 a piece. You know, so there's all these things that, that combine into uh, these uh, type of announcements. And media just picks up on that one that says, oh, it goes 602 miles on a single charge. But they don't talk about the other thing. So that way I, I invite you when you hear about these fantastic announcements and these, these pushing the one up and ship up the ladder as to how much they're better. Uh, for whatever reason, take a look at the details and start mm -hmm. to see, does it actually cover a number of bases and not just one that they're publicizing in the article? Because uh, when it comes right down to it, a lot of these vehicles are just a one-trick pony, and uh, they're not uh, as good as an all-around uh, Tesla vehicle are. Now, again, I don't want to stifle innovation. I want them to get better. I want them to push harder, and maybe this is just the beginning of this. But uh, we have to have a rounded vehicle that works for many people uh, in many different ways so that uh, it can be adopted by normal gas vehicle owners today. So uh, just something to keep in mind as, as time goes along here and we start to get more and more of these announcements, uh, which have been happening. So uh, great. The, uh, the EVs are starting to roll out and no one can deny that. And, and one recently that came up was the Mercedes. They were talking about how it went 1,000 kilometers and they were pointing out that it ran for 11 hours and 30 minutes, and it still had over 30, 30 minutes left in the charge. 
Uh, commercial driver is not allowed to drive for 12 hours straight. And I, no matter, you know, even if I were to go for the, you know, I need to be able to do this once in a lifetime trip, uh, even, you know, you dehydrate yourself, you don't eat, you don't go to the restroom. Very dangerous, by the way. Uh, you know, somehow you don't get drowsy and, and road hypnosis. Um, that's still 12 hours in the car. I mean, literally, you could stop for lunch and, and, and boost it up a little bit. So uh, Elon Elon did bring up the point that, you know, there is a diminishing return on making these, these ranges so much longer than they can be. Uh, yeah. We're talking about an economy car, not like a truck, like where it's going to be cut in half when you start towing at the worst. But yeah, I still take yeah, the extra I'm, miles I'm for happy, free. I'm happy to see different companies trying different things. Yes. Right. So um, we all have different needs. We all have different use cases. And uh, if, if a vehicle can find a niche that gets uh, somebody out of a gas car and into that EV, I'm all for it. And uh, so, so that's the most important thing is, is uh, don't, don't just go bashing on these um, uh, other EVs because there might be somebody out there that that's the perfect vehicle for. I mean, yeah, like the Aptera is a strange mobile, um, and uh, I'm sure three wheels is going to cause a problem. Like, how do you do you straddle a, a pothole and then only the back wheel hits it? Whatever. Um, but there's somebody who's going to get that and just think it's the best vehicle ever, and and good for them. I hope they have a great time with it. Hockey Day's got the exact number. It was 54 average. I was thinking in the 30s because they stressed how how much they were in regular traffic, but they were also probably on a German highway, so I imagine that they drive a little better there for speed. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Now, Casey touched on this earlier in the show. Uh, we just wanted to let you know that, of course, Elon sat down with uh, TED Talks in two uh, separate uh, interviews. Yeah. Uh, one was done at the Gigafactory itself. And then part of that, nine minutes of that segment, was played at the TED Talk uh, actually in Vancouver, Canada, uh, where he was in front of an audience. And then, there, of course, there's another 50 minutes to that one. So uh, we put the link in the show notes. Uh, I would, uh, if you. If you uh, enjoy uh, hearing what Elon has to say, uh, that hour is a well worth it uh, venture uh, to listen to the different topics he touched on that those two hours. Yeah. But uh, it uh, he touched on almost everything, uh, you know, across the board, all the different aspects of uh, the uh, Tesla universe uh, were touched on. And uh, it's interesting to hear. Uh, I think the interviewer was Chris Anderson. Was it was Anderson? Chris Anderson, yeah. Okay, uh, and and Chris did a great job. I felt yeah. uh, he he did press Elon on a few points uh, that he needed clarification, and uh, Elon complied uh, and yeah. went into the details. And uh, it was a it was a skillfully done interview uh, where Elon seemed to be be at ease, and of course that allowed him uh, to. Uh, communicate uh, to the uh, to Chris and the audience in, in a more concise manner I thought I thought yeah. it was uh, I thought it was a really good interview and even though these were two separate interviews by the same uh, two people uh, there the only there was only the nine minutes of overlap where uh, the live interview he said hey you know here's here's a sampling of the other one that's coming out and then it came out and uh, they were both very well done uh, Elon yeah. did dodge a couple things like, "Hey, what do you do if you if you don't win the Twitter thing? Is there a Plan B?" He's like, "Ah, you'll have to wait and see." But he, right. you know, not too much of that ducking and dodging, like you know, like a politician or whatever when they are being interviewed. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it makes sense to not talk about what Plan yeah. B is. Is it to start your own? Is it to uh, do some uh, buy even more of it? I mean, who? But any any of those things could impact 
Twitter stock in, in a way he doesn't want to to do legally or um, in his maneuvering. Uh, so so yeah, until Plan A has you've given up on it, you don't talk about Plan B. Especially it's especially not, if you tell them what Plan B one. is and it thwarts you, so you can't do it anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's uh, that's called shooting yourself in the foot. Yes. Right. Um, He's good at that, but another... he, he doesn't avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the most uh, contentious thing that happened this week happened yes. to be the mobile charger. Oh, man. So uh, we got all sorts of reviews on the mobile charger that's not going to be included uh, with uh, Tesla's going forward as of the 17th of April. So uh, if you haven't ordered yours, you're not getting one uh, in uh, your car. I- I'm of two minds uh, with this particular um, problem. Um I myself, uh, like everyone, received that mobile charger pack. In fact, uh, when I got my car, it actually came with two adapters, you know, a NEMA mm-hmm. adapter and a regular 110 adapter. Yeah. Um, and I will tell you without a word of a lie, I never used it until uh, about seven weeks ago. Oh, wow. Never, mm. never used it. Uh, I did plug it in initially to see if it worked when right. I bought the car. But Till that point, I never used it. And that's because I had a nephew that bought an SR Plus. Uh, he went to order the NEMA adapter. It was on back order. So I loaned him my kit. And he used it to charge his car while he waited for the NEMA adapter to become out of back order. And using so, mine for the last two years. <laughs> yeah. So, so and actually, he's taken his uh, vehicle, and that's what he's using as his charger. Yeah. He's taken his mobile charger. He's mounted the NEMA plug on it, and it now charges his vehicle. Yeah. But what I feel is is that the that this mobile kit is almost like a um, it's a backup plan. Right. Uh, if there's ever mm-hmm. an issue, I know that at minimum, at minimum, I can plug it into a 110 socket and uh, pick up a few miles uh, if I need it in an emergency situation. And that's right. why it travels with me in the car at all times. I've never had to use it, knock on wood, in that manner. But that's what I feel is the benefit of this. Now, if you're putting it out in cars and the vast majority of people never use it, I get that it seems a little bit wasteful. And Tesla, with all these all these um, uh, price hikes, they're trying to eliminate, you know, to limit price hikes. And if they can mm-hmm. lim- limit uh, a part that goes into a car that costs X amount, they can maybe stop a price hike from happening. Uh, but uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? It's uh, I'm really in the middle on this. Well, right, right now, like I keep saying, that, that PHEV is a crutch. It's training wheels. Well, even if you, you're coming from a Volt and you're going into a Tesla, you still want to have that, that peace of mind knowing that you could stop for you know an hour and, and, and get yourself five miles to make it to the supercharger and then you know mm-hmm. give a quarter to the to the vending machine owner that you've unplugged the, the Coke machine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I always ask for permission. Yeah, always, always. <laughs> and, and, and maybe offer them that quarter. They might say, oh, I don't need the extra quarter. But um, – I think the best way to handle that would be to have it on the order page and then let you deselect it and say, yeah, yeah, this is my second Tesla. I don't need it. When I was selling my Model S, I, I, I got such a guilt trip for considering. I didn't even sell anybody who was going to do it. But, you know, uh, like not putting in the, the mobile adapter or trading the S mobile adapter for the, the one in the X because the S could charge at the full amperage, whereas mm-hmm. the, the X cannot. And, uh, and so I did the right thing. I put it in the car and 
Uh, I tell you what, if for some reason this X goes anywhere, uh, that mobile adapter is not going to be with us. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I wonder if they were running into um, availability supply constraint problems. Because That'd if be exactly you go look problems. on their um, Tesla store today, they're out of stock. Uh, both so, versions. <laughs> yes, both versions are out of stock. So if if that applies to the vehicles that they were shipping out and you don't want to hold the car and not deliver the car because of a mobile charger that someone might not even use. But, so but they can handle that the same way they did USB ports. Say, Hey, yeah. uh, your mobile adapter is going to be in the mail because you don't even need a technician for that. Uh, for the, right. for, put the charge ports back in, you, you needed to send somebody or bring it in. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I haven't used mine in a long time. Um, but but that doesn't mean I don't want it. And, right. <laughs> uh, it's 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 a it's nice to know that that's there. <clears throat> I've got a bunch of adapters. I could pull into any RV campground uh, and rent a space and charge up and uh, get on my way. Exactly. So uh, yeah, it's it's nice to to have that. Yeah. So they, I still recommend that everybody ordering an EV get it. If Tesla's not the only one that doesn't include it, and right. so. Uh, uh, it, it's it's a couple extra hundred dollars. You're buying something that's tens of thousands. Throw it in, and um, yeah, now maybe it, it arrives a few weeks later because they're back ordered or whatever. But that's okay. Well, Elon said you got nine months for your car to arrive. Have that thing already installed in the wall. Uh, he literally right. said that. Um, David brings up a great point. Like, what if you get there and the supercharger has a problem? Now you need to boost another one because right now, as a Tesla driver, um, the CCS adapter isn't out. They don't sell the mm -hmm. Chatmo adapter anymore. What do you do if there's a if there, if 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 there's not enough like like right now for my case you know just drive five miles down the road to the next one but if you're not in a place as lousy with superchargers like me what do you do and, and like like you were saying you know a campground is gonna be faster than a 110 but a 110 will work as well mm -hmm. um, and then hockey day says do you carry around a, a gas can <laughs> and somebody else pointed out that we don't carry around spare tires anymore because they don't make them. Right. And um, the other thing is uh, uh, AAA here in Oregon, they have uh, generators on board and they'll charge your vehicle for you. Yep. So um, that's, that's, yeah. So, I mean, there are other options if you don't want to have this as your backup plan. And uh, depending on what area you're in, there, there are other options for backup plans. But if and, like uh, me and you drive after midnight in the middle of dark in the middle of VFE, you're screwed. <laughs> 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 you want you want all the extra backup you can get in that case. Yes. Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, what what do you uh, say in the comments? Uh, if uh, do you would would you consider buying a car without it, or would you much rather uh, you feel more secure by having it? Uh, let us know. Uh, be interested to see uh, what you uh, what you think uh, out there and uh, what. What is something that uh, maybe we should run a Twitter poll? Uh, yeah, because so. uh, that's something that uh, that I think we'll do that. Run it for mm -hmm. a few days and see what the, see what the answer is uh, from there, the people that follow us on Twitter. There are about four models in the U.S., not counting the Teslas, that, that come with without uh, or where it's optional. And then uh, from what I understand in Australia, for some reason, there are a lot more of them that don't have any option. Hmm. Some, some of them have a home home kit and others have nothing. And one, uh, one, one other thing on this subject was that uh, Elon, when he saw the backlash happen, yes. uh, he did uh, respond to it 
he didn't change his mind, uh, but he did lower the price uh, to two hundred dollars, uh, as opposed to two seventy-five. I believe is the original two, price. Two seventy-five in the store, but the design center said four hundred. So you yeah, just, there, you well, there's two there's two models right. in the mobile charger, right? There's right. one that's that's hardwired, and then there's one that has multiple plugs that can be plugged in and changed. Right. And that's the two seventy-five one, and that's the one that comes with a car. So right. he lowered the price to two hundred. Uh, even though both of them are back order. But then again, yeah. if, if they're pumping out that many cars, guess what? Each one of them has one of those chargers sitting in it. So yeah. they're not really back ordered. They're just sitting in people's cars. Uh, so mm -hmm. when they change that, they should be all available uh, for Absolutely. at least a short period of time. Yeah. He also said they're going to make it easier to order that when you order the vehicle. That makes yeah. sense too. Instead Part of, of oh, well, now process. you've got your car, you have to go to the shop and do something else and check out separately and, yeah, that's yeah. that's smart. Yeah, I don't know why the design center was showing the more expensive one because, uh, like you said, the one that came with the car was the cheaper one, uh, and then uh, so you either depending on how you want to look at it, you, you either save two hundred dollars or you save seventy five dollars over uh, what Elon had decreed uh, just nine hours before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I've actually seen some on eBay for six hundred dollars already. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> I, I use mine every day, so it wasn't a, it wasn't a concern. Oh for me. my <laughs> gosh, yeah. That was, that was Casey's listing. But, no, uh, I'm not using mine. That's my main charger. <laughs> at, least, at least until I get back to my house. Um, I'm joking, of course. Um, last story I want to touch upon, and this was probably placed incorrectly. It should have been done with the other story. But uh, again, yeah. Model Y to the rescue. Uh, we have a uh, company uh, in, in uh, South Florida, the Miami area, uh, called Envoy. And Envoy, of course, uh, does this vehicle renting thing. And uh, guess what? They've chosen the Model Y uh, to be part of their uh, rental fleet and to be a pickup and drop off people from um, sanctioned hotels. Uh, so similar to what Brightline does uh, in, of course, the Miami area as well, where they will take you last mile to the station and uh, to home. Uh, this uh, this uh, particular company is working with a hotel chain uh, that makes uh, their Model Ys uh, allow people to be delivered to shopping centers and uh, to restaurants and such uh, so that uh, they don't have to worry about uh, picking up an Uber. They have a fleet of Envoy Model Ys uh, that will take people around the city uh, local to them. So again, another story of how businesses are picking up on the Model Y and selecting it as their uh, choice of uh, vehicle to to move their customers around, and uh, and people are loving it. Like uh, the people that uh, that are at this hotel or a chain of hotels uh, certainly have the ability now to uh, experience an EV, uh, get butts and seats, as we say, is always the best way to uh, show somebody how our product operates and works. And uh, they get the benefit uh, of uh, low operating and maintenance costs uh, and uh, to the pleasure of their customers uh, being able to deliver them around uh, points of interest within the city. The mission of Envoy is to provide EV access and education to people where they live, work, and stay. Our goal is to meet our members at their doorstep, including where they travel, like guests staying at the Mondrian. Uh, powered by our smart e-mobility Travel becomes more convenient, and it creates a network effect to help, helping to make the world a cleaner place, says Ori Saki, CEO and co-founder of Envoy Technologies. So like, I love that, that he's like thinking, like, hey, let's, let's introduce these people to EVs, and butts in seats, sell the cars, as we know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Transition people to electric drive. And uh, 
what what a better way to do that uh being able to have a a low-cost solution for the person that's using it no risk to them they just get to experience it and understand the benefits uh, from their own personal experience within the vehicle and they're much more apt to next time they're looking for a vehicle say you know what we should go look at a model y remember when we were in florida and we zipped around at that hotel or we uh, took it to the Brightline train station. Right. It was wonderful. So uh, makes a lot of sense. Yep. Or at the very least, you know, their friend says, "I'm looking at that new Tesla." Oh yeah, I drove one on vacation. It's great. Enjoy it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Same thing we said with the Boring Company tunnels. Yeah. A lot of people will exactly. get to ride in an EV because of that. Well, if you haven't already, please give us a thumbs up on the video. Please press subscribe. It doesn't cost you a dime. Helps us out, and uh, that's how you can help support our channel. With that, Casey, what do you got going on this coming week? Well, uh, so the next live stream with one of us on it will be on Sunday of my show. And uh, I'm working on, I've got the new FSD beta, uh, but I haven't had very many places to go. Uh, one thing I did like, uh, somebody was slowing down to make a right-hand turn in front of me, and my next stop was the next right-hand turn. And uh, those of you that live in Florida have seen this a million times a day. Uh, then... So the car did something very, very natural. I would have done it if it was two or three stops up. Uh, but the car left the lane. It signaled, left the lane, went around them, and then it made the turn. Uh, and then by the time my car had started making the turn off of the road, the other car's tail was finally out of the way. Uh, the mm -hmm. reason I don't do it for one stop is because when I do that, then you know the person's out of the way, and all of a sudden uh, there's another car that's filled the spot, and I can't make my turn. But mm -hmm. you know when you've got eight eyes, uh, you can you can do those calculations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, you can find that at uh, youtube.com slash Casey Green. That's K-A-C-E-Y-G-R-E-E-N. Very good. And Patrick, any shout-outs from you this week? I am with the Oregon Electric Vehicle Association. You can find us at oeba.org, and I blog occasionally at carswithcords.net. I've got one on uh, tailpipes are the new smoking coming out in a few days. <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> a little early, Always but enjoy reading those articles. Yes. Well, uh, thanks very much for joining us this week. Uh, come back next week uh, where together we will find out what is going on in the Tesla life. Yes. Thank you, Lee Moon. Stay positive. Have test negative. Have a great week, everyone. Yep. So see you Sunday and Wednesday. Uh, there's no what drives us this week. <laughs> <laughs>